It's podcasting time! I am Jonathan Isaacson, and this is Just Another Jerk. Dispatches from Japan, the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. Unless it's not there, then tell me it's not there, and I'll try to get it there. But you're probably you're probably listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Those are kind of the big ones. Maybe uh, Stitcher. Um, but if it's not where you're listening, let me know, and I'll get it there. Anyway, remember to rate the show wherever it is you listen. And if you've got a minute or two, give it a review. Because that's what the cool kids do, right? You want to be a cool kid. We all want to be the cool kids. And of course, the really cool kids, they share the podcast with a friend. So you do that too, okay? Cool kids. Anyway, let's do something a little bit different today. Let's talk about monkeys. Okay, well, monkeys and various other wild animals that you might encounter here in Japan if you're if you hang out long enough out in the wild, not in, you know, the middle of Tokyo, but whatever. Although some of these you might find in the middle of Tokyo, probably not, but there's a chance. Well, monkeys actually they, occasionally the monkeys do end up in the middle of the cities, which is sometimes a problem, but anyway, whatever. Let's talk about animals. I know it's kind of a departure from our normal history stories and whatnot. Although there are some connections because some of my history stories have been about animals. Anyway, but yeah, animals. Not, you know, there, there are some that you probably think of when you think Japan. You've probably seen the pictures of the monkeys and the, uh, the, the hot spring bath, which is, from what I understand, learned behavior. Um Monkeys on their own probably generally don't do that, but, you know, some of them do now, thanks to human uh, help. Not to say there's anything wrong. I mean, a nice hot bath. I don't care if you're a human or a monkey. It's a nice thing. Um, Anyway, now, before I kind of go into this, let me note that I grew up a suburban kid, right? Sure, I saw plenty of, you know, Blue Jays, Robins, Cardinals, Squirrels, Chipmunks, not, you know, the occasional, you know, bird of prey or some sort of a hawk or a falcon or something. But there weren't a lot of large wild animals, you know, in my experience growing up. So that will kind of inform how I interact with the nature here in Japan. Now, let's start off, just I want to talk a little bit about birds and insects, because those are that's wild animals, and they are, there are some things that are very notable about some certain birds and insects here in Japan. Um, so some birds that I, I, I kind of encounter here in Japan that I've never encountered before, cormorants. Now, in Japan, there are at least two species of cormorants that I, I'm aware of. Like there's the sea cormorants and there's the river cormorants. I don't know the exact difference at all. But cormorants, yeah, they're they're a pretty common bird here in Japan. In fact, there's a lot of there's a culture of fishing with cormorants in some parts of the country. Um, and in a lot of places I've lived, there are just cormorants everywhere. And that's again not something that me and my you know Midwestern suburban upbringing. I didn't experience growing up, so that was, that's kind of interesting, I always figure. Um, 
And of course, there are things like egrets, lots of wading birds, things like that. And pheasants. Lots and lots of pheasants. Now, it's probably not a bird that you really kind of think of when you think Japan, but you should. Because, in fact, the green pheasant, also known as the Japanese pheasant, is the national bird of Japan. And if you know the story of Momotaro, which is one of the most famous Japanese folktales, one of Momotaro's animal companions is a pheasant. There's also a monkey and a dog uh, as he goes to to battle the ogres on Onigashima. Uh, But yeah, pheasants. And I see pheasants all the time when I'm out on my bike rides in the kind of starting from the spring all the way through the fall. They're just out in the fields all the time. So pheasants are very, very common here in Japan. Uh, Certainly where I live now, up here in the Sendai area, you just go out early mornings, almost without fail, I'll probably, during the right season, every single day I'll run into at least one, maybe two, three pheasants, male and female. So uh, yeah, they're they're kind of, and the male male birds are absolutely beautiful, right? With the green and blue feathers and all that. Yeah, they're very beautiful birds. And say it's actually the national bird of Japan, which I think most people would probably, if you asked a non-Japanese person, what's the national bird of Japan? A lot of people would probably say the crane because, you know, the paper cranes and all that. And certainly cranes are an important part of Japanese culture, but they're not the national bird. The national bird is the green pheasant. So there you go. There's a, there's a little bit of information for you that you probably didn't know, I'll bet most of you. But yeah, so birds, I mean, I, that, that, I mean that's enough for birds. They're, they're, I see them all the time. Oh, I guess one more note. The crows here in Japan, man, the crows are big. Like, we have ginormous crows in Japan. Um, you know, I, you think, oh, yeah, no, we got big crows. No, you don't have big crows. Trust me. Come to Japan. You'll understand what I'm talking about. The crows are big here. And... Sometimes very very aggressive. I remember when I lived in Sapporo, there was one spring. The uh, apparently Mama Crow had 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 a nest near our apartment, and you walk down the street, she would swoop at your head. So you had to walk with a bag or an umbrella or something over your head, because she would come and make sure you weren't going to do anything to her babies. So yeah. The crows, they're kind of big and kind of scary at times. So, yeah, birds. And, of course, there are lots of bugs as well. Uh, We have spider. We have lots of spiders. Um, Like an inordinate amount of spiders. Now, I don't think they're terribly dangerous. We're not, you know, we're not Australia, you know, territory here with our dangerous spiders that are going to kill half the population because... Australia seems to need to have every single animal on, you know, in the entire country be dangerous to human life. Um, we don't have that, but we do have some big spiders. I remember the first the first time I came here. So this was okay. The first when I moved here first. So this is two thousand and four. I remember going to the junior high school that I was teaching at, and just looking out the window. And there's this enormous black spider with yellow stripes on its legs. 
It was ab- absolutely beautiful spider, but it's still a, a ginormous spider, like bigger than a silver dollar, a U.S. silver dollar. This ginormous spider. And it kind of freaked me out, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. I like I... I understand spiders are our friends. I understand spiders are generally, for the most part, you know, save, you know, huntsman spiders and, 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 and black widows and things like that. Things that, that can do serious damage to humans. Most spiders aren't going to do anything to humans, but, you know, they're going to eat mosquitoes and other insects that carry disease. So spiders are, are good. It doesn't matter if you've got this silver dollar size spider sitting right outside your window if you're just not a spider person that's gonna kind of freak you out and it did kind of freak me out the first time I first few times I saw them um I've never been a bug person you can ask my mother I I was not a bug person bugs have bugs have always kind of freaked me out a little bit I'm I can deal with them now you know but I I would rather not if I don't have to uh yeah so spiders there are lots of them, and I've, I've run into a few of them out, out on the mountain bike, especially. When you're out on a mountain trail, you, uh, you end up with a spider on your hand. You're like, oh, I have a spider on my hand. Please get off. And you kind of freak out a little bit, and then you get it off, and everything's good. But, yeah, spiders. The other very common uh, bug here that we see a lot, I mean, spider, okay, spider, bugs, whatever, beetles. So both stag beetles and rhinoceros beetles are a big deal here in Japan. Like especially elementary age kids, particularly boys, but also girls and some adults love having beetles as pets. So, yes, let's say both rhinoceros beetles and uh stag beetles, very common to find them in uh like hardware stores and home centers and places like that, you know, like if you're in the U.S., imagine a uh, Home Depot, place somewhere like that, Lowe's, whatever. And you just go in and there's a section with big old beetles. Yeah. And you can buy them and, you know, kids like to collect them and, you know, have beetle fights because that's a thing, apparently. Beetle beetle battles. You know, I, apparently Dr. Seuss must have known something about we're not going to go to doctors in japan that's not a good idea let's leave that alone uh anyway but yeah beetles in japan big thing but that's not really what i want to talk about i don't want to talk about bugs and 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 uh birds oh i guess i should mention the murder hornets because yeah that's kind of a thing here the murder hornets the the gigantic hornets that's just part of life here in japan you know we've had them they're they're, they are asian the the murder hornets that have ended up in the u.s in the past few years or whatever. It's part of life here in Japan. You just know, okay, there's a hornet. Just leave it alone. Just stay away because they're big. They will hurt you. Anyway, bugs. They're a thing. You know, you think Japan makes things small. They make their bugs here really big. Okay, we have big bugs. Uh, But anyway, yeah, bugs. But what I really want to talk to you about today are the big animals. You know, some of these you probably have heard about, you think about when you know Japan. And some of these are things you probably have never really considered when you think Japan. These don't come into your mind when it's this. What do you think about when you think Japan? 
So let's start off with deer. Now, if you've been to Nara, uh, if you've been to Miyajima down in the Hiroshima area, you know, you, you've seen the Japanese deer. They're, you know, they're, they're kind of similar to white-tailed deer in, in the U.S., but smaller. They're, I mean, they're originally, they're a smaller species of deer. Um, and yeah, like I say, in Nara and Miyajima, which is the, uh, a island that has a very famous shrine in Hiroshima, there are deer everywhere. And they're very, they're tame. Like, they're not, yeah, they're, they're acclimated to humans. So you can go and give them food and whatnot. Now, the deer I'm most familiar with are the Ezo deer, which are a subspecies that live in Hokkaido. And there are too many of them. Um, because their, their, their natural predators are greatly reduced. Um, once upon a time, there were wolves that lived in Hokkaido, but those are long gone. And the bears that live in Hokkaido, which I'll talk later about, their numbers are greatly reduced. And so the deer population in Hokkaido is exploding. Uh, and there aren't enough hunters. Like, they're neat. Japan needs more hunters in certain areas because, and I'll give you an example of what I'm, why I mean this. So the Ezo deer. I remember, you know, riding my bike around uh, Shkotsko, which is a big lake up in uh, just south of Sapporo. And if you would ride up there pretty much any time from late fall th- through the winter, really, the deer would be out just stripping trees completely to the point of like they would start peeling the bark off the trees once it, the leaves were all gone because there were too many of them and they didn't have enough food. So they would, you would drive along, you would ride your bike along, you know, the roads around Lake Schkotz, and you would just see deer, and you would see trees that had been ripped clean of their bark. That's not a, that. That's not an ideal situation, honestly. Um, and like I say, Japan really does. There are hunters in Japan. Uh, you do run across them every once in a while. I've seen. I've seen a few. Rifle, hunting rifles out in the woods and it always kind of gives me a start um obviously there were hunters attached to the rifles but yeah like the hunting rifles you, you see them everywhere you do see people around with hunting rifles in in the woods in japan but japan needs more people in certain areas to help control populations of animals that have lost their natural predators like deer in certain areas um but yeah, like I say, I remember we when we left when we moved out of Hokkaido, we drove through the Shkotsko area, the Lake Shkots area. Probably like this was this would have been in uh, earlyish March, so very still very much winter, like the end of the winter season in Hokkaido. We probably saw a couple like twenty or thirty deer in like a five kilometer stretch, just, just dozens of deer stripping the trees. And it was like, say it's, it's a problem, honestly, but like I say, you see them a lot if you're in Hokkaido, especially. Yeah, the deer. Um, and then there's another animal that it has a name that sounds like deer, but it's not deer. And that's the Kamoshika, because Shika is deer in, in, in Japanese. So the Kamoshika, 
which is known as the cero, the cero in English. Um, and the cero, or the kamoshka, is an animal that is in the goat antelope family. They're these kind of, they have short horns that kind of curve straight back. I mean, they're probably, the horns are less than, less than a foot long. They're very short horns. Um, and they're kind of gray, kind of a mottled gray color usually, maybe some brown mixed in. And yeah, they're, they're these just, they look like large goats, kind of, kind of goat, ant- they're, they're in the goat antelope family. And they're, they were one of the first large animals I, ex- I, I encountered here in Japan. So the, my, my, first, my, my strongest memory of the Kamoshika, uh, the Cerro, is, so I was riding my bike in Kisakata, the town I first lived in in Japan. So this is, this is probably 2004, 2005, somewhere in, in that area. And I'm on my mountain bike, so I'm up in the woods, up above, t- up above the town, not just just outside of town. So I, I can see town pretty much still from where I am on, in the in the woods. But I come around a corner, and like I said, I, I'm a, I'm on a downhill, so I'm kind of moving pretty not super fast because it's a mountain bike, but I'm moving pretty fast. It's a, a a little bit of a downhill. I come around a corner, and ahead of me there is a large furry animal and my first in my first thought oh god it's a bear what do i do and then like that was like literally the first like split second that i see this large animal in the path i'm like okay it's a bear what am i going to do and then i then i have time to think i I look say okay it's not a bear it's a kamoshika it's it's a sero and the sero just kind of turn. I, I so I, I break really hard. I stop very fast. Like, stop as, as fast as I can, and the, the the kamoshika just kind of turns very slowly, turns its head, and looks at me. I can see it's chewing on some grass, and it's like yum nom 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 nom. Just kind of looks at me. What are you doing, human? Okay, well I'll move, and then very very slowly just walks off the path and off into the woods just yep what are you doing just leave me alone i'm trying to eat here you're interrupting my dinner and so yeah that was my first experience with a large animal here in japan um and i've seen i've seen kamoshik i've seen sero a lot of times when i'm out in the woods um every once i I do also remember one time a couple times actually uh, going up on a ski lift and you look down oh there's a there's a kamoshika down there kind of in in the woods in the, in the ski in the ski resort so yeah the, the kamoshika they're like especially in here in tohoku is where i've experienced them the northeast of japan of the main island of japan so yeah the kamoshika they're they're again that's an animal i had never experienced before i came to i never knew they existed honestly um so yeah that that's the kamoshika and what else we got? oh yeah monkeys because everyone loves monkeys um this is actually one of the inspirations why i want to talk about animals because recently i got yelled at by a monkey (laughs) um so again this is uh, most of these things happen when i'm out on my bicycle because of course well a lot of it's because i'm out early in the mornings um i'm kind of on not on the main roads i kind of go off 
you know, like one or two roads off the side, kind of the parallels or kind of just over a mountain in a weird way or whatever. And yeah, so I, I run into wild animals a lot doing that. Um, and yeah, so I was out on my bike. This is probably about two weeks ago now. This is very early morning. I woke up, I started out my bike ride before sunrise here. This was, I guess it would have been in, it was, this would have been November. And so I'm out. By the time I'm out to this point, it's the sun's up, so it's not dark anymore. But it's still, it's it's just after dawn, and I see in front of me, I see one monkey, kind of on the edge of the road, and then off to my left, I hear at least one, probably two more monkeys, and one of the monkeys is yelling, ah, 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 yelling at me. Um, so yeah, I've been, I was yelled at it by a monkey saying. Leave us alone. We're having trying to have breakfast, probably. I keep interrupting these animals during their, their meal times. I'm sorry to all the animals for that. But yeah. Uh yeah, I get yelled at a monkey. Yelled at by a monkey recently. So yeah, that was kind of one of the things. And it's one of those things that growing up in the Midwest in the US, I will never not be excited about seeing a monkey. I don't know, just monkeys are it's just something, there's something about a monkey. It's a monkey. How awesome is that? It's like, hey, here's a, mo- here's a wild monkey. Um, you know, as long as they don't attack me. Uh, I really wish I should talk to my friend Kodiak, try to get him on about talk to his, his experience with monkeys. I know, because he used to climb, so I have a friend, he used to climb, I think he, he used to, he still climbs mountains, but he was doing the hundred famous mountains of Japan. And one of his stories was about, camping one night on one of the mountains and one monkey was right outside his tent yelling at another monkey across a valley or something like that so he had this racket of two monkeys one of them right outside yeah monkeys yeah i mean just monkeys are they're, they're 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 monkeys how can you not be excited by monkeys monkeys are great um yeah i, I say this other i saw i don't see them as much here in sendai but when i lived in saitama I would see a lot more monkeys on my bike ride, and a couple. I mean, a couple. I have a couple of monkey stories. One, I remember one day I was up going up. This was still not this. This this story is not actually that far out into the into the wilderness. This is actually kind of in a the edge of of the Tokyo area, but still pretty still connected. Like there is still urban development all the way out. And I remember seeing there was a guy, a, a human, a human guy, and. There was a monkey, and he, the, that he was having a fight with. There was a man having a fight with a monkey. Uh, <laughs> he had a the guy, the man had a laundry pole, and the I think obviously the monkey had come onto his property and was trying. He was trying to get the monkey off his property, but he was basically he was yelling at the monkey, shaking his laundry pole. The monkey saying, "Get out of here!" Basically. So yeah, monkeys. And uh, the other monkey story I guess I have is so I was there's a, a shrine way up in the far western area of Saitama, which is a prefecture outside of Tokyo. And there's a big shrine called Mitsumine Shrine. And I was climbing, it's pretty high up on a mountain, and I was on my bike, I was climbing up to the shrine on my bike, and I saw, I don't know, six or seven monkeys kind of on the, there was a landslide prevention fence. And I saw like, say, six or seven monkeys up there, and one was very, very clearly the boss, uh, the alpha male, which, you know, that's not a thing, but whatever. Um, the alpha male, the, 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 the main, the boss monkey. 
And I can tell you very clearly, uh, Japanese macaques have, uh, they've got red butts and red testicles. Because the, uh, the, the, the boss monkey was very, he was very, he, he said, I'm the boss. I'm going to show you my, ball. I'm going to show you my balls. And he did. He turned his, he turned his backside to me and was like, well, dangling there, just kind of swinging back and forth like a little pendulum. Yeah, there, there, there's red monkey balls. So I can tell you that. That is very, uh, yeah, monkeys. Like I say, I, they just, they fascinate me because they are monkeys. I mean, how can you, how, I keep coming back to this, but how can you not be excited by monkeys? They're monkeys. But yeah, so monkeys, what other, what other animals have we got? I mean, we got tanuki, um, which are sometimes called raccoon dogs, which I've seen a bunch of. They're not that exciting, I guess. Um. I mean, there was the mythical tanuki, which have the gigantic testicles. Uh, if you have seen a Japanese restaurant, there's a little tanuki statue outside. You can check out. It's got huge testicles. Uh, that's that's part of the tanuki because tanuki is a, a mythical semi myth. There's a the animal obviously is real, but there's also a mythical tanuki. And uh, yeah, the mythical tanuki has is he's got some big balls. And uh, yeah, the regular, the real tanuki, I've seen a bunch. They uh, can be an urban pest, actually. They're kind of like, they can be an urban pest kind of the same way raccoons can in, in places like the U.S. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of like little weasel kind of animals, Itachi in Japanese. I've seen a bunch of them. Uh, another animal that I see a lot of where I live now and still kind of makes me kind of excited to see again, not quite the same level as monkeys, but still kind of close to that are wild boars uh yeah because I, I see so the my, my route home when I take my bicycle to work and back I, I I ride along a river and there's this little stretch where the river goes through a very narrow kind of ravine valley ravine whatever you want to call it and it on um, the mountains on both sides are still pretty wild and they're connected if you there's there's a way to go out into the true wild mountains and woods through those those woods they're connected all the way through so wild animals can come down to the river here and i've seen a lot of wild boars along that stretch um there's there there, part of it's there there's are there are some farm they're not farm not a full farm, but like fields where crop, people grow crops. And most places in Japan, they'll put up like electric fences or some other kind of barrier to keep wild boars out. But this farmer obviously doesn't really care. And so the wild boars, they, they've learned that they can come down here and get some, you know, they can forage in these fields and get some food. And so I've seen a lot of wild boars there. And again, it's kind of like, hey, there's a wild boar. That's kind of cool. Um... Yeah, so wild boar is another one I've seen a lot of. Uh, and then there's also foxes. Now, foxes I haven't really seen around this area, but I've seen more up, uh, seen a lot up in Hokkaido. Um, there's called the Kitakitsune, the northern fox, the northern Japanese fox. And they are a fairly small fox. Uh, I mean, foxes in are, are, are fairly small in the canine family, but... The Japanese, the northern Japanese fox, I think is an especially small one. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I'd have to look that up for sure. But um, the ones I've encountered, seem, they seem to me to be fairly small. And 
unfortunately, I mean, a lot of them carry disease. Um, they are a very common disease carrier. And like they are, if, if people in Hokkaido are going to get an, an infection from an animal, it's probably going to be from a fox. Um, I don't think it's super common, but it does happen. And part of the problem is some of the foxes have become so, uh, they've become so acclimated to humans that they will come up to cars. They'll come up, like I remember one time I was riding my bike and I saw uh, like someone sitting in their, in their big van and looking out the window talking to a fox. Um, I, they may have given the fox some food, I don't know. But yeah, it's like that. that I wish they wouldn't do that um, for a reason I'll tell you in just a minute. But yeah, so the, the Japanese, northern Japanese fox pretty some of them are very acclimated to humans and so one time again this is most of these like I say most of these happened on my bicycle i was riding my bicycle in ubody which i've talked about before ubody it's in the kind of middle of hokkaido former mining town that coal mining town that's basically it's a dying town now um good for wildlife but not good for humans in the area but uh one time, so I'm, I'm I'm climbing up the mountain to go over the pass out of Ubardi, and there's a fox behind me. Not like it, like it, it, like it comes out onto the road just behind me, and I see him. Like okay, there's a fox. Clearly, it's not scared of me, um, and then it starts trotting towards me. And I'm not happy with this development because, like I say, foxes are one of the most common, you know, sources of of animal to human infection in Hokkaido. And I know this. I'm like, okay, this this fox is very clearly not scared of humans, and it's acting a little. It's acting a little weird. It's not acting normal fox like because, you know, normally wild animals are a little bit, even animals that are like acclimated humans wild animals they're going to be a little bit leery a little bit wary of humans this one was not at all it's running like jogging trotting straight at me i'm like i don't like this this may this might be a sick fox so i proceed to sprint up the mountain for like three like maybe probably 500 meters and i'm just i just absolutely kill myself going up the mountain to get up make sure this fox doesn't you know actually come up to me because i don't just just problems i don't want and so yeah the fox that yeah the forced me to sprint up a hill not something i like doing um not most cyclists don't like sprinting up a hill just ask anyone uh but yeah so that that was my experience with a fox uh yeah and i guess that leaves one large animal to talk about and that's bears uh because japan there are two species of bears that are native to japan uh there is the there's a species of brown bear which are native to the hokkaido area uh and it's it's a large bear it the, the largest actually they are Amongst they are among the largest brown bear species. Um, the largest of the the Hokkaido brown bears would not be out of place among a population of Kodiak bears. So these are these are big bears. Um, 
from what I've been told, they're not terribly aggressive most of the time. So generally, humans don't have a lot of problems with them, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so that's one species of, of bear in Japan, the brown bears. And then there's a black bear species, an Asian black bear that lives in uh, it lives in Honshu, the, the main island, the big island of Japan. Uh, apparently, it used to live in Kyushu as well, but the the Kyushu... Uh, uh, the Kyushu population has disappeared quite a while ago, probably 50, 60 years ago at this point. So it's been a long time. Uh, sorry, not, not Kyushu, Shikoku. Shikoku. I don't know if they're ever in Kyushu. Uh, but yeah, there are there are black bears here in, in, in Honshu. And so actually, this kind of reminds me, there was a viral video about five, maybe six years ago that kind of went around, made the rounds supposedly, of a young woman, I think American, young American woman. She was snowboarding in Nagano, and she had a selfie stick, and the story was, you know, she had her earbuds in, so she didn't, she couldn't hear anything, and and she, and she didn't notice, but when she got down, she when she looked at her video after her day of snowboarding, she saw, oh, I was chased by a bear, and Everyone's like, oh, that's not real. And people are going, no, great frame by frame analysis and la, 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 la. And my first thought when I saw that is like, wait a minute. That's a brown bear. There aren't brown. That's the wrong bear for Nagano. If, if you're going to be chased by a bear in Nagano, it's a black bear. And so my, like, I immediately knew it was fall, it was fake because it's the wrong bear. Black, brown bears are in Hokkaido. You're saying you're in Nagano and you were chased by a bear. It's the wrong bear. So... Yeah, immediately, uh, and, in, and other people then would later comment, like, that's the wrong bear for Nagano. But yeah, so you have brown bears, black bears. We got both bears in Japan. And as I say, supposedly, what I was told when I came here a long time ago, that brown bears, like the Hokkaido bears, are less aggressive so long as you're not, you know, getting between mama and her cubs. Because if you get between mama and her cubs, then it's a problem. Um, but generally speaking, just leave them alone and everything will be okay. I mean, pretty much every year in Sapporo, there are bear sightings. So even in like, like I say, even in Sapporo, big city, there are bear sightings. Not in the middle of, of Sapporo, but kind of on the outskirts of Sapporo, there are brown bear sightings. And so people just, okay, be careful. Just don't, if you see a bear, make sure you're getting away from it and everything will probably be okay. Um, although there are obviously some times when that is not true. Um, if you want to go back in the catalog, go to the podcast catalog, go back to episode 28, and you can listen to the Sanke Bets Bear Incident. Uh, the Sanke Bets Bear Incident, where a bear, this is about a hundred, oh, more than a hundred years ago now, in the 19 teens, I think, uh, there was a there was a, a, a Hokkaido brown bear that killed and ate a bunch of humans uh, in this rural farming community. Uh, so brown bears can be dangerous without provocate without provocation. But generally speaking, they're kind of they're they're more happy just to leave humans alone so long as no one's messing with their cubs. And like I said, down here in Hokkaido, we have. Black, uh, not Hokkaido, in, in uh, Honshu, in Tohoku, wherever, where, where, that, where I live now. 
we have black bears, which are a much smaller species of bear. But from what I've been told, they're actually more aggressive. And that does seem to be true because whenever you see news of a bear attack, it's usually in in Tohoku. You know, some old man out on his farm got attacked by a bear. There was, there was one a few years ago where the bear attacked an old an older gentleman who was actually uh, proficient in, in, I think, judo. And he managed to fend off the bear using his martial arts skills. Uh, I mean, bear got a, a good bite in on him, but the man fended him off and the bear ran away. But yeah, the black bears do tend to be more aggressive from what I've been told. And the news kind of seems to bear that out, I guess. Um, yeah, I have never experienced a bear in person, thankfully. Uh, like I say, back when I talk, was talking about the Kamoshika, the Cerro, I thought I saw, like my, for, for an instant, I thought I saw a bear, but it wasn't. It was, a, it was a, a Cerro. I have been in the same area as a bear. I know for a fact. Um, and so this was this past summer, uh, again, on my bicycle. And I was riding my bike up towards Nautico Onsen, Nautico Hot Springs, which is in kind of northwest yeah nor it's northwest miyagi uh you know a couple hours out from sendai and i was on back roads because like i said i like to avoid the main roads on my bike because it's safer for cyclists dealing with cars so i'm on a back road going over some mountains going up a, 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 a small mountain road next to a stream and Again, this is early morning. At this point, it's probably at that point it's probably like seven, maybe then maybe eight. Not really early at that point. It was still morning. It was like seven or eight in the morning at that point. And I'm riding on. The, it's a paved road, and I'm riding along, and I see footprints on the road. And again, this is a paved road, and these footprints are water footprints. And so very clearly a bear had been through and the, the, the footprints, they weren't at all evaporated. So this was very clearly the bear had been through probably in the past 15 minutes. It's like, oh, those are bear prints. There's no other animal that possibly could make a print that large with that distinct, you know, paw print with the toes and the, the foot pads. Like that's a bear. That's very much a bear print. I did not stick around that area. Uh, I said, okay, that's a bear print. I'm just going to keep going and hope the bear, the bear prints were going, they were going the opposite direction that I was going. They were going downstream. I was going upstream. So I just kept going like, okay, I'm going to keep going over the mountain and hope I don't run into the bear. Hopefully the bears somewhere below me um, because I do not want those problems. So yeah, that's the closest I've come to encountering a bear was, missing it by i would guess again 15 minutes or so um because like they were it was very clearly fresh on the pavement it's like okay bear just came through here a few minutes ago i'm not gonna stop so yeah japan is like i say it's replete with all kinds of wildlife um if you get out of tokyo if you get out of osaka you will find wild animals. And some of them, 
small, cute wild animals. Some can be big and scary wild animals. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, treat nature with respect. Um, and you know, it's it it's amazing. There, are, like I say, I, as I said, especially with animals like monkeys, wild boars, I'm always going to be excited to see them. You know, I'll, I'll give them their space, make sure they don't, you know, get really mad at me. I've been yelled at by a monkey. That's enough. I don't need them to come try to, you know, hit me or anything. Um, yeah, wild animals in Japan. They're here. Get out of the city. Experience them. It's great. And I guess that is where we will leave it for today. Um, like I say, a bit different today, uh, but I hope it was kind of a nice change of pace for all you. Um, like I say, just no matter how many times I see these animals, I still kind of get excited. I love the nature. I love the wild animals. You know, sometimes I get really excited because monkeys. Um, like I say, I'm sure a bear, if I do ever ex experience a bear, that would elicit something more than excitement. Um, that might induce some pant soiling, but uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of hope that never happens. I, I hope I never run into a bear, but uh, you know, I, I do make sure, you know, take precautions in case I ever do. Uh, but yeah, certainly hope never encounter them on my bike. Just know, hopefully, hopefully if I do, they're up, up, they're uphill for me. So I can just go down and get away fast. And uh, yeah, anyway. Please subscribe and rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you cast your pods. Uh, the podcast is, of course, available, on, as I say, on most major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Amazon. If you've got Amazon, you know, if you're that, if you're that kind of a person. Uh, but yeah, let me know if it's not on your favorite platform and I'll get it there. And uh, yeah, you can find the Twitter for this podcast at Just Another Cast. You can send an email to the show to justanotherjerkpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find all that information on the website, which is tinyurl.com slash jerkpod. That's tinyurl.com slash jerkpod. And that is all for me. I am Jonathan Isaacson, and I am out. Peace.